Good Monday morning, Cato Daily Podcast listeners. This episode is for Monday, March 5th. A recent Wall Street Journal op-ed by Cato scholars Jagadish Gokhale and Jerry Taylor argued that the concept of executive overcompensation is a market myth that has sadly been bolstered by President Bush's recent comments. Needless to say, they think capping salaries is a very bad idea. In today's episode, Jagadish explains why. Do companies overpay executives? Uh, it's difficult to say without very specific information. The public sees and the media picks up instances where companies' CEOs have been paid huge amounts of money. Even departing CEOs have been paid huge amounts, but the company's performance hasn't been stellar, and so they wonder why these CEOs are being paid such high amounts, and it appears as though they're being overcompensated. But we don't actually get to see the projected company performance when they were hired. We don't actually get to see what was built into the compensation structure of the CEO when he was hired. For instance, if the CEO is really talented and has a huge market demand for his services, he may have a huge high opportunity cost, and he may need some guarantees for showing up at a particular company than going somewhere else. And those type of guarantees need to be built into compensation structures to attract really talented managers. It's very similar to, for example, tennis players who are stars who get paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to just show up at a tournament, a second string tournament, which they wouldn't ordinarily show up at because they have other more lucrative opportunities elsewhere. So, in order to pay these guys to show up, they have to be guaranteed some amounts ahead of time. For very talented managers, it's probably the same story. They need some guarantees. They're going to be assuming control of a company, taking strategic decisions which are risky. They need to be hands-on. They need to be on the job 24/7 throughout their tenure. And so, all of that needs to be taken into account when considering the compensation structure to offer the manager. And we don't see that. We only see the end result, and we conclude, probably unjustifiably, that the Managers being overcompensated, but that's probably not the right conclusion to draw without more information. But how closely is pay linked to performance? Sometimes you've got these underperforming CEOs who walk away with exorbitant severance packages. Why does that happen? Well, performance is relative. We again don't get to see what the projected performance of the company might have been when the CEO was hired. For example, the projection might be that the company's share price will decline over time, its performance will suffer, it will make less profit. In fact, it might make losses, and the CEO might actually come in and stabilize the company's performance. We only would see that the stock price did not rise by a whole amount, and the CEO, when he left, got millions of dollars. But his contribution might have been to stave off huge losses. Rather than make additional profits, so performance is a relative term. We need to compare before and after the CEO's hiring date and the departing date in order to really make a sound conclusion on this. How did executive pay get to be so much bigger than the next level down, say middle management? Well, there are some star performers. They have built up reputations, and there are a limited number of these star performers. Who can come in? They can clean up the company's operations. They have a broad vision of the strategic direction a company needs to take. And because there are only a few of these managers, boards are pressured. If they want talented executives to come on board and work at their companies, they must give them an attractive compensation package, because otherwise 
they would prefer to go work somewhere else where the compensation was very big. So for some really stellar managers with high reputations, pay is commensurately higher. But at a time when we're talking about and fighting about raising the minimum wage, isn't it logical to cap executive salaries so that we can pay these workers a little bit more? Well, I know of several instances of CEOs who have decided that rather than work as CEOs and worry about the company's performance and be on the job continuously, take risky decisions, they'd rather retire early because no company can pay them enough to stay on the job as a CEO and manage the company. That's one possibility. If we just cap payments at a low level for really talented managers, the talent would disappear. They'd either retire early or another possibility is they might go abroad. They might go to Europe. They might go to India and China, these economies that are coming up and who need talented managers and who might be willing to pay them much more than our capped level that we decide on. But how can companies conscientiously be paying so much for executives when you have people who are barely making it on minimum wage? It's the market for CEOs acting, supply and demand acting, to determine their pay. It's, it's a free market. There's no limitations on how much these managers should be paid. Neither are boards necessarily making payment or compensation decisions based on some kind of charitable sentiment towards these managers. It's the operation of the market that determines the pay. So do you think that the government should step in and make a social decision? I think that would be a very bad policy. Why? The government interfering in a free market would inevitably either shrink the pool of talented managers or it would reshuffle the appointments of managers in positions where they are not effective. Uh, it would get less talented managers to work in jobs which they're not qualified to do or do not have the requisite experience. So I think government intervention in this market, if anything, would worsen the performance of the U.S. economy and firms in the U.S. economy. Doesn't this kind of, I'm not going to say overcompensation, but high pay end up hurting the lowest paid workers? Company boards decide on the compensation offered to a manager based on the market for these highly talented CEOs. Those funds used to compensate CEOs come out of shareholder profits. They don't necessarily come out of workers' pay. In fact, if a firm hires a talented manager and pays him a lot in order to do the job properly, he might be able to contribute, improve the firm's performance, and improve pay for workers and improve their job security. So it's not necessarily a zero-sum game between compensation for CEOs and workers' compensation. It might actually be the case that we're not paying CEOs enough. One study found that for every additional dollar of pay that boards allowed CEOs to receive, the company performance improved by more than $3, which means, if anything, we should be increasing compensation for CEOs because their contribution to the firm's performance on average seems to be adding to the shareholders' bottom line, stabilizing companies' performance or improving it, and therefore providing job security and higher pay to workers. The majority of support for the Cato Institute's work comes from individuals, and Cato depends solely on tax-deductible contributions to provide the public with a wealth of free resources, including this podcast. We hope you'll consider supporting or even joining Cato. For information, please go to www.cato.org.